A podcast network. Like it didn't it looked like yeah. a text someone had sent him or something. I don't know. Maybe he caught somebody or like he had someone doing some reconnaissance. And it oh, was, yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. that would explain why he's listening. Yeah, that could be it. He's waiting for her to be like, uh, hear, hear the voice. Yeah. Fuck me better than my husband. <laughs> yeah. He's trying. It's like, well, this is fun to say fuck into a microphone at a radio station. It is. This is very this is, liberating. This is also like the conservative side of the building where like is it's it? all like news and stuff. And then like Rush Limbaugh's on this station Rush over here. Limbaugh. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. They play it in our hallways. Like you walk, I gave you guys a quick tour and they show you all the, you know, there's all the music stuff. But then for some reason, the thing that's always on in the hallway when I'm showing up to work is Rush Limbaugh. Like, it's Ariana Grande everywhere. It's uh, Justin Timberlake. And then you walk in and you hear, the liberal media. And you're just like, <laughs> why would we want to introduce everyone that's coming in here as a client trying to sell ads? And you have, like, like have something fun on. So yeah. they walk in and they're like, oh, I love this song. I haven't heard it forever. I feel good. Yeah. I'm in a good mood. I want to spend money. Not uh, That Trump has done more for America than anything. <laughs> That's a solid Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, I hear him too much. <laughs> uh, Bill, are you familiar with the painter John McNaughton? Uh, don't, he's, I, a, he's a Mormon dude from Provo that is super conservative, and he got like really famous during the Obama years, like among like Fox News viewers and and uh, maybe Mormons, I guess. But like he would make these paint these mean paintings about Obama, though, like where Obama's like holding the Constitution and lighting it oh, on yeah. fire. I bet but, my like, dad has some. Yeah, painted with like the gravitas of a, of a of a like a presidential portrait. Like, it's not a political cartoon. He, this it looks like a great representation of of evil Barack burning the Constitution, and you're left to wonder. Hmm, I wonder what that's supposed to mean. That's a subtle. It's a subtle image. But now that Trump's in office, he does super duper. Uh, Trump's the greatest president. Done more for America than than anyone. Okay. Oh, yeah, look at this. So they're draped in the American flag. Yeah. National emergency at the border. <laughs> oh, that's funny. There's the, one where Trump is running with an old school football. Yeah, I hope you see the football one. That was a Thanksgiving special from Mr. McNaughton. <laughs> oh, man, so these are great. <laughs> oh, that, that is amazing with yeah. 45. Like, that one looks like it's a joke. Right? Like, it. it like these actually all kind of look like they're a joke. Yeah. But I promise it, you it is not. serious. That's funny. That's really funny. I kind of want can't. one. The cognitive dissonance that allows people to believe that that man is capable of running a football. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, Not that, a country, but a football. A football. <laughs> they look at him, they're like, yep, that's our big, strong man. Yeah. That's our big boy. He's the he's the most manly. You're like, that man couldn't hold a football. <laughs> Not with those tiny hands. No. If you put a woman and a nut together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just a read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Did I get a picture there? Yeah. Just we could get the picture when we were done recording. It was a li- it was a live shot, and yeah. Bill and I are wearing the same shirts. Yeah, I bought, Bill I bought Squire. One. We're here in Cleveland. We've got Bill Squire as a as a guest. 
Bill Squire, another ex-Mormon comedian. That's which right. Which is always fun to find in the wild. How uh, many are there? I mean, like, are we counting Utah? Because that's, like, I know a okay. ton of ex-Mormon comedians. But when I go out, uh, like, somewhere else in Cleveland, of all places, those that's a more rare, that's a rare find right, right. there. I, I know you. I know uh, Bent Washburn. Bent Washburn. And then I know... Ryan Hamilton, who I don't think he's ex-Mormon. I don't think he is But ex. I don't think he is active either. I don't think so either. At least, like, I hope. I'm always like, I hope he's not going. <laughs> I, I just don't think he is, but I don't think he's, like, forsaken it the mm-hmm. way others. Like, he's, he's mm-hmm. still a pretty clean-cut guy. Is Heath Harmison? Heath Harmison. You know what? I don't know. Feel like I'm like outing people now. I'm like I I don't I don't know if he's you don't know in what their situation is or yeah. out or yeah. not. No. Yeah. But well, we don't have to a do good that. comic that you guys can look up for sure. Right. Was he Mormon though? He was okay. at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm okay. just talking Mormons. Uh, Virginia Jones. I don't know if you know Virginia. I don't know Virginia. Uh, she's a West Coast comic. She's ex Mormon. She barely counts. She was barely she barely Mormon. She's barely like, Mormon. Raised in it. Like I I did a mission. I did. All the the Mormons. Stuff. You did the best mission, arguably the so arguably my favorite thing is is traveling around and then we hang out with ex Mormons and I am so fascinated by Mormonism and fascinated by the stories of people who left Mormonism and uh, so fascinated by how Aaron Woodall is the only one that followed any of the rules. Whenever we meet up with ex-Mormons, I was like, so what was it like not doing this? And they're all like, what? (laughs) I followed a lot of the rules, but then I, I I would go back and forth. So like when you talk about like having to tell the bishop things, I had to wait a year to go on my mission because I had a girlfriend and we had gone like to third base, like rounding home. Like I had... Ooh. Like I had a blowjob, and like you were talking about soaking last uh. night, and like we didn't soak, but like I, there was one time when I was like, I, like just a tip, like I was trying to put it in, but like we were in my bedroom and my parents <laughs> are home, and we got nervous and we stopped. So I, I like Good I, for you, I had to come clean to my bishop because I had so much guilt about right. everything that we did. So they made me wait a year, so I didn't leave for my mission till two thousand two instead of two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I should have, because I like I was twenty when I left. I waited like a year and a half because oh, really? I, I, uh, I couldn't stop masturbating. Oh, I really? Didn't even ha- I didn't even have a girlfriend to go too far with. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love I love these Mormon euphemisms. Uh, I, I messed up with my girlfriend. I went, <laughs> I went too far with my girlfriend. Uh, Jess had just learned what Nikmo was. She spent a day Nickmo. trying to Google uh, Nikmo, try to look it up on Urban Dictionary. Spoiler alert: It's not there. It's not there. Everyone not knows urban. what it is. It Everyone is who's talking you about look it, it up in the go- the top the gospel library. <laughs> Everyone who's talking about it knows what it is, and so they're all just making Nikmo jokes. And usually, I can. Um, like decipher what something is by the way it's being used and I was just following the whole time I was getting my hair colored I was just following this Nickmo hashtag just being like um, and the reason that I didn't figure it out because I would have figured out make out because there was a lot of make out jokes but it was the first joke that I saw was I feel like a lot of Exmos start out as Nickmos I know Exmo is Mormon right. and so I was like oh that MO must be Mormon and then I did come uh, up with non-committal Mormon is what I thought but make out uh, was really obvious and I would have gotten that if I hadn't already decided 
but also how dorky is how that? dorky is that it's so dorky is this a make out that does not result in marriage is that what it is pretty much like what making <laughs> yeah. out is for the uh-huh. rest of us uh, yeah, was, you have to specify if we're getting if we're getting sealed for time and all eternity after we kiss or not. Which you did, right? You were sealed. Yeah, yeah, I totally was. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't make it that far. Dang. Yeah, I, Dang. I, I was. Uh, well, sorry, you have to miss out on the top level of heaven. Uh, <laughs> all I have to do is repent at the very end, and boom, I still I made you're it. You're still man. good. Yeah. Maybe your descendants can do your work for you after you're dead. I'm pretty screwed though because uh, you know, like the the biggest. Uh, sin you can do is leading people away from the church and like denying the Holy Ghost, mm. which was like as much as I was a missionary that was uh, trying to bring people in. I I was a, a zone leader and I was in charge of like this ring of disobedient missionaries that were all doing bad stuff, uh-huh. and I was like the one that started it. Oh, like man. I was the one that was like, hey, let's just lie about our stats. <gasps> Oh my God! Bill, Bill. This is okay, so now. hot. Okay. We talked with Danny about this. Mm-hmm. In every mission, there is an urban legend that gets passed down about the about like you know this mission in twenty years ago, or it's about some other mission somewhere else that their brother served in. No one ever has firsthand experience, uh, an account of it, but it's like the. It became some sort of Gadiant and robbers secret society where the missionaries were all do- committing grievous sins and wearing colored rubber bands to indicate what level of sin that they've committed. And they were hiding it all from the mission president. And then the whole mission had to get shut down and everyone got sent home. And I've always been like that. That's like soaking, man. That's just like people hear things and hear thing and they pass it all around and no one actually really did it. Are you saying you did it. I I did it, and I was I was the first one to go down, and then there was <sighs> oh my god! Start at the okay. beginning. Yeah. Start, start at the beginning. Start at the very beginning. Right, right. Okay. Caddyat and robbers. So uh, mm. left for my mission in 2002. Went to the Quezon City, Philippines mission. Uh, the first year, I was trying to be a pretty good missionary. I really was. I was, and but I was never in it for the right reasons. I was just trying to make my dad happy, trying to impress him. And was I got, he impressed? Uh no, he never was. No. <laughs> uh, Fuck. He he wasn't impressed. I mean, he was like he he was always skeptical. He'd be like, "Oh, you're doing good, but you know, whatever." Like it wasn't. That, it, it's fine. I'm I've I've dealt with all those issues for okay. the most part. Uh, so after a while, I I I felt myself turning into him, which he's a good guy, but he's got a lot of just rage, and he, he's just he's not who he wanted to be because he put it all down because he wanted to stick with the church. So he, he just from the time he was a missionary, like he got a job as a bricklayer, started his own business and has just been working his ass off his entire life. And he doesn't seem like he really had that much fun. He doesn't have a lot of experiences. He's into conspiracy theories. He's, he's that like, I don't want to say alt right because he's before the alt right. John Birch Society. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Like he's I don't he's know that. he's like super uh, almost uh, libertarian. Okay, gotcha. So that's that's kind of who he is. And all libertarians everywhere. Are like yeah, we're all a little unhappy with our lives. <laughs> uh, well, it, it was like he he would what? say that he's happy because he made good money. He 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 worked really hard, but he just had a lot of resentment for the world around him. 
because he'd see what other people are doing and just be like, well, there's no way they're enjoying what's going on. All the guys that would work for him that would drink and uh, get into trouble. Because, you know, if you're working in construction business, you're working with some people that don't really have it together. Some do, but some don't. And so he just would make real hard judgments on people, and that's who they were. And so I felt myself becoming this kind of joyless person that was just real matter-of-fact about my beliefs just that I didn't even really believe in, that I was just trying to make myself make my dad happy. So mm-hmm. about a, after a year, we start breaking some rules, Which, like little things. Yeah. So we start, uh, me and this other missionary, Elder Baldwin, went to see The Matrix Reloaded. Oh, you bad boys. Oh, man. So In the theater. In the theater. Oh, you bad boys. We this is a common in. one. I feel like a lot of people uh, told me that they went and saw this or that or this or that. So we went and saw it and... I can't we, believe you didn't break this rule. This is the one that's really shocking to me is that you didn't go to any theaters. It's the one that I would have, loved to have, would have done the most. But I had, I had locked my heart. I had locked it. I had locked my love for movies and uh, I was only had love for the Lord, so... Yeah, I did not. <laughs> How was The Matrix Reloaded? The Matrix Reloaded in the Philippines. In the Philippines, because I hadn't seen a movie in over a year, was the fucking best. Yeah. I loved it so much. When people were like, oh, we didn't like this movie, I'm like, How did you not like this movie? Stop seeing movies for a while, then yeah. go see it, and then you'll like it a lot. Yeah, we had really those ghost fun. twins, man. Yeah. Ghost twins are tight. Yeah, so when saw that, and then they had a lot of pirated DVDs over there. So then we just started buying. A bunch of pirated DVDs, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just collecting these." But I also bought like a little DVD player, like flip-up screen, and we'd start like after we go and do our work, and then that night we come home and we watch movies before, we, like, like that's how we spent the rest of our night instead of studying or instead doing, of doing your fucking journal, right? The yeah. area book. Yep, we would just watch. Uh, watch that's, those are my nighttime activities, <laughs> yeah. Jessa. Especially as a, wait, are you zone leader yet? At this no, point? at this okay. point I am a district leader. I believe. Okay, you do have a few more even even time. But he's the zone leader. A zone, what? So the, the the guy that I'm being district, uh, like like he's a zone leader. I'm a district leader. And then and you guys are companions. No, we're not companions. Uh-huh. Like we would just send our companions off ah. together. <laughs> and usually, spend them on, yeah, yeah, yeah exchange. We, we're doing an exchange today. We do an exchange, and usually, what would happen was they would just stay at the apartment and sleep, and they wouldn't even care because, like, one of them was Filipino and one of them was Samoan, and they were just like, "Yeah, that's fine, we don't care." Like they, <laughs> they, they were not engaged at all. Wow. Uh, so after that, we got caught, and I got stepped down. It was a junior companion again Uh-oh. for like uh, for like one transfer. And then like I, I changed my ways or like made it seem like I changed my ways. How'd you get caught? Uh, some snitch. Some <gasps> fucking snitches. Yeah, missionaries were snitching. So someone Did snitched on us. Did I never snitch us. on anybody except but for yourself. that? But yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got snitched on. Uh, I got stepped down for uh, a transfer, then was brought back up to a uh District leader. Suckers. Yeah. And then, like, was still kind of doing, like, same, the same stuff, but, I was, like, the missionaries I was around were more trustworthy. Like, they weren't snitching on me. And then I got moved up to a zone leader. Oh, yeah. And by this time, we had gone pretty far. Uh-oh. So by the time I, because I got moved to another area, and then it was, like, my fourth area. It was uh, Antipolo is the name of the area. And I was the zone leader there, and 
was living in this house with another guy named uh, Elder Brian. And we were both, like, he was the district leader and I was the zone leader. And we would just basically do whatever we wanted. We got girlfriends. We got cell phones. You got Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. How? Uh, we just talked to girls. It, it's the Philippines. We were white. That's all it took. Dude, but like, what, where did you find the time at? What did you do with your girlfriend? You went on dates? Yeah, we go and play pool to... and stuff. Wow. We, we, we oh go play God. pool. We, one day, uh, we went to like this little resort, like this dinky little resort. We got like two different hotel rooms because everything's so damn cheap over there. That And like, my parents would send me money and so would his. So we're like, well, we, could, we could get away with so much and it just yes, looks like we're not spending that much money at all. Oh. So for like 40 bucks, we could have a fucking day. So you went like, to resort, got hotel rooms, banged your girlfriends, hung up, drank well, by the pool. Uh, he banged his girl. The girl that I was with, like we were, like I, I still was a little bit reluctant to to go that far. So she would just go down on me, and I'd go down on her, stuff like that. But I, I was afraid to just like put it in because mm-hmm. I also didn't want to get her pregnant because I figured that would happen. Uh, yeah. But then we like we go swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so. like, yo, hold on, missionaries are not. Supposed to be in water. <laughs> I know, right? This is wait. Just a, what? Just a when he rule. said we would go swimming, hold on. When rule. he said we would go swimming, I thought this was a joke. What? No, <laughs> going swimming is like a really big rule like, because what? because Satan controls the, the seas. What? All right. No. All right, listen. Like he's fucking Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's that is what people say. I don't believe that is true. I uh believe that the thing is much uh less cool and more cynical i think the the church bottom line cares about its bottom line and uh like does all kinds of shady shit with its missionaries to avoid paying insurance to avoid paying like the correct fees to enter countries this is why like uh people in russia are getting arrested because the church just doesn't want to have to spend any money on the missionaries and i feel like they're like listen uh our insurance doesn't cover <laughs> you guys drowning <laughs> right yeah uh, so uh more more missionary deaths happen in aquatic <laughs> scenarios than any other. Uh, no more no more pools for you guys. I, I, you're but probably right there, but they, they definitely <laughs> but then, teach. But then, so there's some verse. There's some yeah. verse somewhere because that's a weird rule. That just, yeah. It doesn't give a reason in the white handbook. It just says don't go swimming. Mm-hmm. And you're what like, is, is this a bathing suit thing? Mormons is, and liquid. They don't like it. Yeah. We're, we, we, we were real skeptical That's of liquid. It's so funny that you were just like, she would suck my dick and we and would, we would, and go we would swim. And swimming. Right? And that was the one that, like, because you already knew about the dick sucking, but you're like, you went swimming too? You what? So reckless. He was in the bathroom when you told the story about the restaurant. Was it a restaurant oh, or a bar? Uh, it was uh, a strip club. Dude, on do tell. So, okay, this, so, by the way, how many how many missionaries do you have underneath your stewardship? Um... <laughs> There was probably eight of us. Eight of you. Yeah. And it was like, it would let, like, because what would happen is, like, the Filipinos and the Samoans would, like, team up and they'd, like, that was, like, how they would, uh, like, they go off and do their thing. And then we, like, the white boys boys would do their thing. And, and your things were bad. And we'd all, well, we'd, everyone's doing bad things, but we'd all just keep it hush hush for these, you know, Eight different missionaries, mm-hmm. just so. like prison. You guys will just self segregate into yeah. racial uh, clans. You're and like, then some what? of them, like we, we like Elder Lavaki, 
he was cool. Like he would, he'd play with, like he hang out with all of us and some of them, like it, it just depended. And it was more just whether you were good at speaking English or not. Cause mm. there were some, uh, Filipino missionaries that learned English pretty well and they would hang out with us too. Like, and we'd just do crazy shit. It was just whoever was willing, really. Were you guys like also doing missionary stuff or Dude, did it get I, to the point where you were just at strip I, clubs? At this point, I wasn't really going to do a lot of work because I was sleeping a lot. And like, I was just so like, this is like the last three months of my mission at this point, And I'm just so done with it. And I don't want to work anymore. I wasn't even really going to church. Like I would show up to church. That seems like one of the things you got to check in for to make yeah, sure. But the 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 churches over there, like the the wards, are so lazy that they didn't even care. They 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 have no connection to the missionaries because wow. they just know that the 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 missions were going through a thing there where they were baptizing so many people because people would just be like, "Yeah, I'll get baptized," and they become friends with the missionary, and then they would as soon as those missionaries would get transferred. All those members would leave. Yeah, so, they weren't. They didn't think of it as like I'm entering an eternal covenant. No, uh, it was just like a thing to do with this friend that I have. Exactly. And then when the, like the wow. new missionaries show up, they're like, "Why did you guys stop coming? Come on, your soul's at stake." And they're like, "I don't. I mean, no. I miss Bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right." And like I, we we teach lessons to like because I didn't know like I I wasn't disobedient before other than like having to wait like like sexual things but like i never drank or anything until my mission and then I, like <laughs> nice. i teach i teach lessons to people that were drunk and i'm like oh they're in a good mood today <laughs> i was like so naive and then uh finally they're really started, receptive yeah. i think they're coming around and they're, they're real talkative wanted. they're really into, and then sometimes you'd be hungover i'm like oh they weren't really feeling the spirit today <laughs> uh, uh but i uh, so one night we were like let's go let's go to a bar so this is we go to this bar. It's me, Elder Coble, and Elder Asshole. And we go to this bar, and we're hanging out. In we're just regular clothes? Regular clothes. Okay. We're drinking. Uh, it's like kind of like open air. Everything's karaoke bars over there. And all the servers are, are pretty cute young girls. And then they have like these little huts downstairs. And Elder Asshole goes down to those. And like we... We're like, okay, well, let's go get our own one. So me and Elder Coble, who was my companion at the time, we we all go down there. And, like, we're in our own. We're flirting with these girls. We're having a good time. And we see him over in his, and he's just fucking this girl. <laughs> <laughs> Elder asshole! <laughs> and he's just going to town. Like, he, 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 like, we saw the progression of him, like, going, like, like playing with her tits and then, like, fingering her. And then all of a sudden, he's just... In it, he had like <laughs> two beers. Neighboring just, open air huts. There's yeah, just, I mean, they, like you couldn't see, like they were like halfway, like you you could you couldn't see below his waist, okay. but you could tell what was happening. Yeah, yeah, like, it, you could definitely tell what was happening. So then, uh, then he's like feeling like a like big shit, and he's like, "Well, I'm not paying my bill." I'm like, "Dude, we're paying our bill." Like, it's oh my god, eight dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. And so, because he like made that stink, the uh, owner of the bar is like, oh, "I'm gonna call the police." And so they call the police. <gasps> and then I go, I go, no, I got it. I'll, I'll pay the bill. It's not a big deal. I got it. But you know, you don't even have to tip over there. But I tip like crazy just to make sure it was all yeah. smoothed over. And then the police show up and they go, 
well, do you guys want to ride home? And we're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to ride back to our apartment in uh, the back of a police like paddy wagon. Oh, my God. And then like, we're like, okay, well, the Dude, bar you, was fun. You, tr- you got it in the back of a paddy wagon? Yeah, we weren't handcuffed or anything. Still though, well, you don't know they're gonna drive you to your. House. I wouldn't get. I wouldn't trust them. But that, like, I'll walk. But Thank I was you. talking to them the whole time. There's one of the cops back there, like because I was really, I was really, really good at speaking their language Tagalog. So because, and I wasn't drunk. Like I had one beer, and that mm-hmm. that put me in a place where like is the first beer I ever drank, and I was feeling amazing. Really. So I'm just confident. so confident and so just uh, just just having so much fun talking to these guys and they, they're like you guys are mormons like so they all know like what what the mormons are doing there and they're like ah this is funny so they they know they're getting a story we're getting a story it's all working out just fine they drop us off that that's a good night then the they're like okay well uh, what else should we do and the next night we go to a strip club well that did work out then you got a story they got a story and we've got a word from our sponsors Okay, so then the next night you went to a strip club. What are strip clubs like in the Philippines? A strip club is no rules, really. You can go in there and you can do whatever you want. You can go to these back rooms and it, you're getting a prostitute. That's basically what you're doing. Wow. So all these girls are coming out and they are like, <laughs> you sound we're so horny. <laughs> you're like, <"Whoa." laughs> we're being, we're being, this is, we're being uh, so, uh, like, I don't know, we're having a lot of fun, but the girls are just like, they're coming up to us, just just attacking us, trying to get us to spend money on them. And they keep trying to get us to go to these back rooms. And none of us are willing to do it. No, Because okay. we're like, that that's just too sketchy. We can't do it. Yeah, I, we're not I, all I, yeah, elder gonna, asshole. Yeah. But then one was real adamant. She's like, I'm going to get some money from you guys, whether you like it or not. But she wasn't a dick about it. She was just giving all these presentations. And so... She was, she's like, do you want to go to the back room? I'm like, nah. She's like, do you want to presentation? Like, she's giving us all these options of ways we can spend money, what we get with the money. So okay. she's like, like, it's like a, a PowerPoint. real, a real like, hard sell from like someone that's trying to get you to do the timeshare. Like, if you go to Vegas okay. and they're like, hey, <laughs> but what about this? What about this? All yeah. these different options. And then finally, timeshare on this pussy. If we, if we bought them drinks, their drinks would be. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I mean, that's for a prostitute. <laughs> that's not what you're doing. Uh, so she's like, "All right, here's the deal for the, like you buy us drinks, we get extra money if you buy us drinks." So my beer was like fifty cents, but if I bought her a drink, it cost like four dollars. But then she'd get three of those dollars in the okay. bar. So she's like, "So she goes, if you buy me two beers, I'll suck your dick right here." And I was like, two beers." <laughs> Let's do it. Awesome. And so literally, I'm getting my dick sucked in front of my two missionary friends. This is one that I just saw having sex the night before, but he was like, well, shit. And I was oh like, my God. yeah. Like, I know you guys were wearing regular clothes, but regular I'm imagining clothes, it in clothes. missionary clothes it, it's for this better story. It's better, <laughs> it's better if we're dressed like missionaries. Okay. But, but then we're like, okay, let's keep this party going. Uh, what time does this place close? And like, it's closing down. So like, come to our place. And so we have them all come over. Like we have like three or four different oh, girls come God. over. Oh my God! Again, I didn't put it in anybody. Like I just got dicks. I was all, I was all about just getting my dick sucked. Like that was what happened most mm. of the time. Uh, so they they all come over. Uh, they they you know we're we're just drinking and and having a good time. And then they come over the next day. And 
maybe it's a few days later, but they came over again. And this time they like cleaned our house and cooked us dinner uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like hanging out. And that's when we got in trouble because it was the middle of the day and the people that own the house that we were staying in told on us uh-huh. and we got, we had to, uh, like I had to take the fall. Mm-hmm. So, so they told our mission president and the mission president, like, what is going on here? I heard that there's girls at your apartment. And I'm like, yeah, I fell in love. <laughs> so uh, I met a girl. So it was just me, only me. And I take the fall for everybody. And, Very noble. And so I get stepped down. I have like a month left in my mission. So you don't so get close. sent home though? Not yet. Because, what? Holy because shit. I just told them that we were kissing. But then when I get ne- to my next area, all these, like the passion of the Christ just came out. Mm-hmm. And so that's all, like, all the missionaries are like, we should just go see Passion of the Christ because it's like a church movie, <laughs> it right? It is like it's, a church it's movie. It's like a church movie. I've we should be able to go it. see it. I never saw it either. But I was just like, go see it if you want. Like, I, I was just being like, I'm like, if you want to go see it, go see it. Who cares? All this shit's dumb. And that's when, like, they, they found out that I was saying that what we believe in is dumb and it, it doesn't matter. That's when they called me in for, like, a disciplinary council. And they said, what is going on? What are you doing? And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not just telling people that it's dumb. Here's all the things that I've done. And their minds were blown. <laughs> yeah, I, my was, mind's blown. When I was stepped down, I was still doing stuff. Like, I would just sneak off by myself. Like, at night, I'd go out. Uh, I went to a mall. That the, Actually, the, the first time I had sex with a girl was when I was completely, like, stepped down. I, I went to a mall, met a girl in the mall. We went and saw, like, an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> I think it was 50 first dates. <laughs> and then I was like, you want to get out of here? And we went to a little hotel and uh, just had sex all day. And that oh was, Oh my yeah, God. It was great. And did that a few times with that girl. So I only had sex with one girl, but we did it a bunch of times. All within like the last month? It was all within the last month. But then I- Bill. But, but while that, that was all going on, I still had other girls that I would hang out with. Well, there was like this girl that lived next door to the building that I was in and- uh I'd like, like we go on the rooftop and make out. Uh, there was just Bill. You it, were, it took nothing to get girls to like you over that. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you were the reason preach my gospel came out. Like they changed the whole missionary system. Yeah. What, what is that? Preach my gospel is like you had to you memorize discussions, right? Yeah, you memorized discussions and taught them. They did away with that all right after all of your bullshit. They, okay. uh, they made up a whole new system. Uh, and, uh, that's what, that's what I did my mission on was preach my gospel. We had to watch this movie, uh, called, or it was like a little, it was like a series. They followed a, a group of missionaries around in Texas with cameras and filmed them all. And like, uh, it was called the district and we would have to watch it in the MTC and shit. And they were just like perfect 100% of the time planning. You know how much they, they stress planning to us. Yeah. They would talk about like, you have to do your planning every night. And once a week you do weekly planning and you would plan every minute like every minute of your day has to be accounted for and it's all about serving Christ like what in this 15 minute window from 315 to 330 tomorrow what are we doing to serve Christ and it's all because like if you just like kind of give them the day they'll go to an Adam Sandler movie and fuck in a hotel well, also <laughs> like you got it we got to really break it down for also us. once I realized how easy it was to lie and how much like people Dude. would just buy it I was like oh okay I can do I can do this double life thing no problem. Uh, so then you're I, so poorly supervised I was, in a country. And it doesn't yeah. feel like it. It feels like it feels like you're under watch all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I was excommunicated. 
Oh shit! On the spot. <gasps> what? In, in that? What? Yeah, yeah. So with, with like what days left for this? Year, I, like I went, I went home seven days early. Excommunicated. Excommunicated. Shit, Bill. All you had to do is oh fuck! You almost returned I, with honor. You I, were this. Close. I was so close You're to like, returning with honor, oh, but I was I'm a so, day away from retirement. Ugh. I'm so glad that I didn't though, because if I had gone home and just not gotten excommunicated, I would have stuck with the church a lot longer because I would have just done the double life thing for a lot, mm. a long time. But what ended up happening was I got home. My parents knew everything because they told them everything. And so they then, read them that whole list. They, they, they had to, they had to Damn. tell them everything was going on. And I'm also like 22 years old at this point. So you're like, a fucking adult. A, That's bananas. Know, they tell right? your parents. I know. It's you so crazy. Like, yeah. You don't feel like an adult at all. Mm-hmm. Not one bit. You're so, so terrified of going home early. It's yeah. the worst thing that could happen to you. And I went home like a week early. So everybody in the, and I didn't give a speech when, like, you know, usually if you, when you get the home, homecoming talk, yeah, you get the homecoming talk. And they're like, how come Bill didn't give a homecoming talk? How come, like, and so everybody had questions. And I would just be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like Bill, think, yeah. Bill got so good at Tagalog, he forgot how to speak. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so, so then, like, people start trying to, like, figure out what's going on. They're like, hey, so why didn't you come? And then, like slowly, I started to tell people, and then they were trying to refellowship me into the church. So I spent the next year. I actually did end up getting rebaptized because I was living with my parents, so I had to go to church. Like I couldn't just get away from them. So I, I after a year, they let me get baptized again, and then a few months later, I moved out of my parents' house and never went to church again. Mm. So like it was, it was really just in. Name only, and then like I, I was going to the singles ward here in uh, it was in the Akron Stake, and it was all the way down in Canton. So like you guys went to Kent yesterday, yeah. it was further south than that, and I lived in Medina. So it was like a forty-five minute drive there. And what I would do is I'd drive there, go to sacrament meeting, and then I would leave and go to a bar and just watch sports, and, like <laughs> watch football. You didn't try to flirt with other Mormon girls? No, I tried. I couldn't do it. They just, uh, they they had. You were already too, you I were was too bad. Because I, I wasn't even drinking when I got back. Like when I got back, all I cared about was comedy. I start, I found comedy within a month of getting home and oh, I just shit. went all the way on comedy. So I was just driving everywhere, doing everything I can to get better at comedy. So I, I, didn't, I didn't hook up with a girl again for like two years after my mission. I, I didn't drink again for like three or four years. I was just all about comedy. So I made comedy Dude, that's my so life. weird that you did all only did bad things <laughs> on, your, on mission. your mission. Right. That's nuts. I know. And that's that. But then once I found comedy, I felt like I had an outlet to say the things that I wanted to say. But even like the first two years that I did comedy, I was a clean comic. I was mm-hmm. like, well, this will this will get me work faster. That's true. And so that's what I did because I wanted to. I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to do anything other than stand up comedy. So I just fast tracked my life into working the road, and I within like two years I was working pretty steadily. That is that's amazing. Cool. That is such a good yeah. story. Well, I'm how did your parents of, feel? Oh, about... they're devastated. Uh, I I remember after uh, my my mom. And I went to visit my sister at her school. My sister was uh, like a junior at Bowling Green University. And my mom just broke down crying. And she goes, 
why didn't you just masturbate? <laughs> instead, oh, of, instead, instead of going and doing all these terrible things, why didn't you just masturbate? I'm like, I didn't want to masturbate. I want to fuck. <laughs> you really want to get into this? Yeah. Has anybody How? ever been ex- excommunicated for masturbating? You I just go to no, rehab? No, you don't think yeah. so. But okay. they did try and send me to like a a therapist and like the the second time I went, I'm like, I'm not going to do this. And so he's like, how's it going? I'm like, I'm good. I'm, I did it. I did it. I, I, can't, I don't I'm masturbate no anymore, and I don't sex. like sex, so it's all good. Thank, you're just, a very effective doctor. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so you, much. Yeah, you did it. How many siblings do you have, and are you? where do you rank? I'm, I'm the, the middle world? child of five. So okay. I have two older brothers, a younger sister, and a younger brother. My okay. oldest brother is the only one that's still active in the church. My second oldest brother just left the church a couple years ago with his wife. He's got four kids, and they, they live in Idaho. And so this is oh, a wow. big deal for them to yeah. like step away from the church in that situation. Uh, but he just he couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then my younger sister and my younger brother have both been uh, gone from the church for a long time. Uh, they, I like, like I kind of opened the door. Yeah, there, you were the trailblazer yeah. for sure. So, but my sister got into some trouble too because she was the one that like she was smoking pot and drinking in high school, and like she she got into some trouble drinking in in college and stuff like that. So. But that was happening at the same time where right. she's doing that stuff and I'm getting sent home early from my mission. So my parents are like, Seven we days. are the worst parents in the world. <laughs> they and, feel yeah. a ton of guilt. Yeah. They feel bad. Yeah. Oh, man. I was hoping that, like, coming home within seven days, like, other people wouldn't have noticed that you... I was hoping There's that you weren't going to face the, the social uh, the pariah consequences. Thing. Yeah. yeah. There, there was some of that, but also I, like... Being in Ohio, there's not that many people. Like everyone's either older or way younger. Like there was nobody my age uh-huh. to even really deal with because everybody was gone doing their own thing. Either they like the fact that I even went on a mission was rare for our ward because most guys by the time they were 19 were like, eh, I'm not going to do it. So mm. I was like one of two missionaries that went out. Uh, okay, a couple of things from your story. I'm still thinking about All right. the number one. Just the look on their faces when you just read them this litany <laughs> of grievous sins. Well, and they're like, "All right, you had a girl over to your house. That's ve- and you kissed her, the elder squire. Now, now you're telling people to see a movie, elder squire. Do you know how disappointed we are in you?" And you were just like, "Listen, there was a lot of head shaking. My, my, my." my uh, and I actually really enjoyed my mission president. His name was President Keone. And he 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 did one time because like I was really the one of the things that got me into comedy was teaching district meetings and, and zone meetings. Uh-huh. Because I'd I'd give really fun meetings because I'd make them as funny as I could. Uh-huh. So I'd take whatever stories we we're supposed to teach, whatever skills we we're supposed to teach, uh, whatever discussion we we're supposed to teach, and I'd make it really fun and really funny. And and I was really good at that. So he would sit in on my meetings from time to time and be like, man, you're really good at that part. But you also do some stuff that, you know, you got to get these numbers up, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, well, numbers aren't important. It's like converting someone that actually is converted. That's important. And he's like, yeah, but we need the numbers too. So I'm like, (laughs) all right, cool. Well, I'll just lie about them. And so, (laughs) or just, you know, you know, you you just be like, well, we talked to that person and we gave him a book of Mormon. What numbers, what numbers do you have to report? So we had to do uh, one of the big things was called OYM, open your mouth. 
So we weren't doing yeah. a lot of door to door knocking. We do we just we call it the DHE bonus. So like yeah. we just had to talk to a bunch of extra people yeah. during the day. Yeah. yeah. So then like first discussions, uh, in investigators. Like there's all these different levels to it. I can't remember everything because it's been 15 years now. And uh, but like there was progressing investigators, like all these different. Things. Right. Okay. It sounds like yeah. the same numbers I was working on. Yeah. Of. Pro- probably yeah. something very similar. And so I would just. You know, there was no, they, they couldn't check anything. So Damn, I just, I never like, thought, I never considered that. I never considered that. How I'm would like, they ever fact check? I'm like, first of all, this guy doesn't even taught. speak Tagalog. So he can't go and like, he, and, and that was a funny thing too, is like if someone Your had. president couldn't speak the language? No, no. Damn. Yeah. Damn. So like he'd have to do. President Dunaway, what a champ. President mm-hmm. Dunaway, here's to you. I love- you. You'd have to do these interviews before people get baptized. They'd have to, like some people, if they had like serious sins would have to go and have an interview with President Keone to right. see if they get baptized. But he didn't. But but they they're, they're speaking broken English, and he's just like, did did you get an abortion? And they're like, <laughs> no, no abortion. And they're like, okay, cool. You can get baptized. Like it's, it's... Dude, I remember the most uncomfortable thing was, I think, I didn't think he was one of my investigators. I think I was the zone leader or something. And, this, and then, uh, and like, so the zone leader comes in and does a baptismal interview first. And uh, she said that she had a uh, I had to ask a grown woman uh, if she had ever had a same sex encounter. And she was like, oh, yeah, that was she got like really sad and was like, yeah. And I was like, "Okay, well, uh, I have to like call the mission president now. And he has to do the interview. I no longer have the authority to do this. So I had to come back to this woman's house later, like on a different day with the president. And then he had to interview her. There's a whole big thing. And I don't know the details because I stopped her. I was like, all right, you don't tell me anything. Like, whatever. I don't want to know. But, like, all probably because she, like, hooked up with a girl in college once or something. And now she has to, like, tearfully talk about how sorry she is for the grievous sin. And it's like, fuck. That was something that was real common because, first of all, we weren't even allowed to baptize women because they would just get baptized right away. Because they were like, if we get baptized into the Mormon church, then maybe they'll marry us and bring us to America. So they, they said, you can't baptize women unless Period. they're like they have to go to church for like a year before they can get baptized and then for men a lot of the times they had like a same-sex encounter so that if, if they had like because because it's the all, philippines it's baby. the philippines and also uh molestation is rampant over there so there's a lot of people doing terrible things over there and they don't understand that if it's you know not consensual that doesn't you know the, what whatever it was it was all a lot of trauma that they're just bringing up and be like, well, you got molested by your uncle. I don't know if you can be one of God's children. Like, oh, my God. So fucked up. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, God. Right? God. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's go to another commercial. Uh, the other thing that? I keep thinking about is how willing Italian girls probably were to have sex with me. This is like, uh, oh yeah. I love my, I love my mission. I love how holy I was and how into it I was, and I think it's so cute that I was so pure and naive and tried so hard. But I do think about like these girls on a train just asking us if we would get off at their stop with them, and uh, my train. <laughs> yeah, Isn't it sad? Just like, <laughs> like hot Italian uh, girls, and they, we were, we were, me and. Uh, my trainer were both uh, really tall, 
broad-shouldered, freckled Americans. Like, I think we looked very exotic to them. <laughs> and then we just, and uh, I think uh, he probably, he loves me, but uh, he probably wishes that I was a lot cooler. <laughs> he absolutely, I think, like, in my mind at that time, we were both like, absolutely not madam no <laughs> can you believe that no we're but it, then like when i like talked to him like years later uh he's like no that was just you speaking for both of us you were just like you like couldn't pro you're like why would we get off of the train at your stop we have somewhere else to go <laughs> It's gonna be really what? hard to account for that. Why would fifteen then, minutes of and then Jesus? We're gonna, yeah, then we're gonna have to walk to our airport. I don't know. I, I am I not speaking Italian well enough to explain to this woman that I can't get off at her stop. What's happening? And my trainer's just like, "Fuck this kid." <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. What did they wanted to learn about the church? Do you even think about that? I didn't. I didn't. I get uh, it. Hot think young Italian that. girls want some Jesus. Is that who you went to the party with? Didn't you go to a party in Italy? I did go to a uh, a party in Italy. It was by accident. Um, we uh, opened our mouths to some girls on the street one day, and uh, they were like, "Oh, that well, that's cool." But uh, we're having we're having a party later. Like they had just graduated. I think their semester was over. Like, uh, I don't think they called that part. They told us they were having friends over, I think. And they said, you can stop by later tonight. And like, they were, we helped them carry something and it was like ingredients. And they're like, yeah, you can come. We're going to be making stuff all day. You can come back later tonight. And in our heads, our naive heads, we're just like, this, they haven't, they're having friends over and we get to get to talk to all of them. And they were like young and cool and, uh, open-minded. And we're like, this is a jackpot for us as missionaries, we're only ever teaching like the mentally frail. I feel yeah. like we, uh, the, another guy in that, like the last guy that like on the street invited us over to his house, uh, for an evening lesson was a deranged man who asked who like, <laughs> who got in his pajamas in front of us, got into under his covers and then asked me to, uh, uh, pet his head like a dog. And then he, and then he sang Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, and then he went to sleep, and we were like, <laughs> "That's amazing!" And we had to count that as a lesson. Yeah, we we're like, "That's that's one. That's a lesson for you. That's a, that's one yeah. for the books." Anyway, we were excited at the possibility of like these college-educated kids being interested in our message, and so we were like, "That's cool. We let's, let's make sure we're in this neighborhood later this evening. It'll be the last thing we do before we go home." And uh, we like go and we knock on the door and the second the door opens, we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> it is just like a, a party that I would not have been allowed to go to if I Amazing. wasn't a missionary. You know, it's just like just like uh, music playing, people drinking. And like we're like, we're not going to teach anyone a lesson in this. And we the girls are like, oh, my God, the missionary are here because they're drunk yeah. they're drunk and we're just like okay. and you really don't know what drunk is we don't I don't know what that's like they're just like very excited that we're here and then we're being paraded through the party while everyone's like we're we're a big hit like can you imagine <laughs> if you were just at a, a part like a like a house party and then two Mormon missionaries showed up they were foreign they were cute and they were like walking around in their like short sleeve white t-shirts and uh 
they're anyway they they love us they love us and we're going all through the party and uh we get to the backyard and uh like this girl immediately grabs my companion and puts him down in a chair and then starts massaging his head with this little wire thing. Oh, and man. she's like, you got to feel this. You got to feel this. And like, he, I have a picture of him. He is so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, can you, like, well, cause he's a, got the hardest boner he's ever had. <laughs> but like, you were getting, you were actually getting your boner sucked on, right? Right. right but- I think he and I felt equally uncomfortable mm-hmm. by the fact that a girl was was using an instrument to touch his, his scalp. Yeah, like <laughs> her oh, hands it's, it's aren't so even hot. touching. Yeah. But like she is the one, and he's just like, uh, 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 she's wearing a tight, a way too tight dress, but her shoulders are covered. And then uh, I say, I say, or he says, what is this thing called? And she says, Orgasmatron. <laughs> oh, amazing. And that's when I get this picture of him. <laughs> And we um, we were in like the backyard at that point. Um, we we didn't even stay ten minutes at this thing, man. We uh, didn't even want to go back through the house uh, because we were too afraid of like we didn't want to navigate that sea of people uh, saying stuff to us again. And we were like, we're real in big trouble. We got to get out of here. We climbed over their fence. <laughs> we had climbed. Yeah, but it was like so much there's, worse. There's a, so much worse. It's like a high fence. Like there's a wall. Like, <laughs> there's a wall and then a fence on top of the wall. And we just like climbed up and like from the top, like Samuel the Lamanite, we just waved goodbye <laughs> to the party. And they were like, ciao, ciao. And then we hopped over the fence and then we sprinted home. We oh. did not want to be at late enough that we had to call the zone leaders and then explain why we were late. We were like, we, we have to keep this between us. We'll never tell anyone. This awful thing that we accidentally did, That's and so you amazing. were at a strip club. I was at more than one. I went to a couple, God. but I, yeah, they, they're all basically the same story. So after I got sent home, uh, everything started to fall apart. Other elder asshole ended up being the zone leader after I got sent down. He Big was mistake. just just as bad as I was, if not worse. And then so he got sent home. Uh, Elder Brian got sent home. Dude, this Elder feels Lavaki like this is like home. a crime syndicate movie. Elder, yeah. yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I, this no, is like The Departed. Like yeah. they're like they've got they're trying to eradicate the system, but they have men on the inside and they don't know who to trust. Elder Fote, uh, he got sent home. Elder Lavaki got sent home. Uh, who else got sent home? Uh, Elder Johnson. Dude, there's like, there's like three. Yeah, well, I'm not really knowing those. Everyone's yeah. dirty garments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you search Elder Johnson, you're not going to find <laughs> the guy that I'm talking about. But yeah, there's. <laughs> that's the thing, too, is one of the last things that the uh, mission president said to me is, uh, you know, you're going to have to take those garments off when you get home. I'm like, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm not. Ooh, not all that. Big, big <laughs> loss for me over here. But that, that year, like living with my parents and doing comedy was a really, really tough year because I was walking between the two worlds and trying to still maybe even like hang on to like maybe I'm just an asshole. But then, like, I just kept felt feeling so bad when I was at church and so good when I was doing anything else. Church made me miserable, and I was so depressed. I put out so much fucking weight that year because I was just eating my feelings all the time because I was so just – I didn't know how to deal with anything. I had no coping skills whatsoever when it came to, dis- like, dealing with my parents 
And so it just was strange. And then as I got out on my own, I'm like, oh, I can I can do this. I'll be fine. I don't need my parents to to live like it. And they'll still love me. And they actually, you know, we still get along really well to this day. I was going to ask, how's that relationship now? I mean, we're not best of friends. Me and my dad have ruined a few uh, Christmases <gasps> talking about some politics and stuff like that. But but overall, they're really good people and they love me and I love them. And we've just learned to exist in that in the world together as it was who we are. Uh, I do remember when my dad asked me if I believed in God, like this is probably like four or five years after my mission. And he goes, do you, because they didn't like they then I, I really distanced myself from them and he goes do you even believe in god and i go no and he's like what <laughs> and i was just like yeah and and then he never brought it up ever again and i wonder I, how common that is this the not talking about it after that's pretty common uh, your kids leave <laughs> my parents i told them once and then they never brought it up ever again yep but your parents still they're there every Sunday. They're there every Sunday. Full they, time yeah. there's going to the temple. Yep. All that stuff. Yep, all that stuff. Uh, and was uh, it a process? Uh have you found that um the religion had an effect on your self esteem or your oh, self worth? So oh, all of it. All of it. Because I didn't have any of that. I didn't really have a lot of self worth because everything was tied into this religion yeah. that then once that went away, like that, that's the thing that I thought made me special is that I had the truth. And then as I saw it as not truth, I was just like, well, who am I? Yeah. And it, it took all it. And then, and then when I tell people about it, they, they treat me different. They'd be like, oh, you're Mormon. Yeah. You're like, mm. you're not, uh, you don't know anything about the world. I'm like, no, I do. I know more than you think because I'm just very interested in what's happening in the world. Yeah. Like I, I like, I was naive, but not to the degree that they thought that I was naive, you know, where they think you're like Amish or something. Right. So then. <laughs> Which out here, do you get confused yeah. for Amish all the yeah, time? Yeah, a lot. In Maryland, I did as well. Yeah. And it got brought up again this last week and we were in Delaware and someone was like, uh, so Aaron, what's, what's the connection between uh, Mormons and Amish, and I was like, there isn't one. Zero. That's yeah. my first, the first words out of my mouth. There isn't one, and we still talked about it for ten minutes. Mm -hmm. Ten minutes. He was like, I was like, Me no, 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 Mennonites is what you're thinking of, mm -hmm. and he was like, yes, but like, so what type of Mormon are Mennonites? And I was like, not none. 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 They're not. It's two different things. Yeah, it, that's and that's one of the things too. Like I remember because we all know about fundamentalist Mormons. Yeah. Um, and so Mennonites and fundamentalist Mormons dress similar. Similar, and so, yeah. And yeah, I think that that, and the East Coast, there's not a lot of Mormons. And no. so I think that they, there are a lot of Mennonites. And there, and, there, and there's, no one knows anything about Mormons other than like the big, like multiple wives. Right. And that's about it. Like that's really all people know about. Also in the Italian translation of the Harrison Ford movie Witness which is about like uh, an Amish boy scene. They, the, they, in that Italian translation, they call him Mormoni. So in Italy, everyone had seen witness. <laughs> everyone, everyone, like even there where they had never met an Amish person or more ever in their life. But because of Harrison Ford and bad translation, they would be like, uh, uh, yeah, Mormoni, and then they would they would start describing us. I remember one of my first. This is again with my trainer. Uh, the, I was talking to a woman in a park, and she we were, she was like Mormoni, and I was like, yes, exactly. And she was like, you guys, uh, you have the uh, 
capelli neri, <laughs> capelli neri, and that it literally translates to black hairs. You would say uh, uh, capelli is is hairs, but it can also mean hat. And Neri is black, and so I think she's talking about uh, black hair. She's talking about black hats that she saw in Witness. She's talking about Amish people, black hats. <laughs> and I'm like, she's like, Capelli Neri. And I was like, we also have blonde hats. <laughs> and like, we all, uh, and she just looks at me, and I'm like, there's some people have red hats. Uh, <laughs> like, more, Mormons can be any kind of white person. <laughs> <laughs> That's one lesson taught today. Put that in the book. That's That's it. I I really like your stories. Uh, There's just so much weirdness in that religion, and there's so much uh, showing off in a way of like how righteous you are. Yeah. And that was something that really bugged me. Is like when I got home and they told me not to tell anybody what happened. I was like, well, why can't I just be honest? I feel like it'd be better if I was honest. Than having to help hold everything back and then feel like a outcast this whole time because I can't just say, "Hey, here's what happened." I can couldn't just own it. I was taught that if I make a mistake, keep it to myself and then try and fix it in secret, it's which that is shame. not how yeah. you do things. Yeah. yeah, it's that it's that perpetuating that shame cycle. We talk a lot about like childhood trauma, and it's crazy how uh, having an abusive or neglective parent is has the same effect as having great parents but being religiously indoctrinated because the message the core message you're pumped you're having pumped into your head as a kid is that you are unworthy you are flawed you are wrong god is so nice as to love you anyway which is textbook um abusive boyfriend script so you get like a narcissistic boyfriend who's like you're awful constantly devaluing you but then like i'm willing to love you anyway and so you have it has the same effect and then you're brokering the relationship between them and what is actually just their higher self or their best self but then saying all of these totally natural things you get uh the desire to masturbate because it's natural because it's a normal thing but now telling you that it's wrong so every time you have that desire or you carry that out now you're feeling shame again and then on top of that you can't process anything out loud like if i fuck something up i want to talk about fucking it up i want everyone to know that i have fucked it up because then i actually feel better right but if i'm carrying it around as a secret it's awful it's just sitting on my chest it's just weighing me down and so it's just uh and then you leave the church but you still have this that guilt that, yeah that, that that shame cycle that, that damage is in. still there mm-hmm. yeah and that shame cycle is brutal especially when it comes to things like sex and relationships and be, you know, I'm, I'm only 37 years old now. I've divorced. I've been through situations where I was living a double life because I'd never learned how to just be honest with people. Yeah. So I just go along with what I thought they wanted to do yep. and try and make them happy instead of saying, voicing how I felt about a situation. And then it ends in catastrophic ways rather than taking care of it in a good way in the beginning. Yeah, just healthy communication. My first husband was uh, was raised in the church. His parents were pastors. And he is what happens when you never figure that out. I think now we know about mental health. We talk about our feelings. We talk about anxiety. We talk about depression. We talk about the inner critic more. Mm-hmm. And you start to identify that part of yourself. 
And uh, but when we were young, he just didn't even after he left the church, he never quite all the way forgave himself for leaving the church and never understood that he was like getting that shame cycle triggered. Everything he did was triggering the shame cycle. Like he really honestly believes that he's unworthy of love and that he's unworthy of God's love. And without God, he's worthless, even though like logically he knows it's probably not real. But it's still somewhere but it's, in there. It's still triggering all yeah. the time. And so he's just floundering through life, not really doing anything, living at all because he doesn't f- feel worthy of it. And that comes from when I was a kid, that was like the best childhood you could have. Like that was that was presented because I wasn't raised religious but that was presented as these are the good parents yeah this is the good upbringing this is the wholesome this is the holy and then now everyone is adults and it's like no this fucked everybody up right and then you realize okay the best parent is the one that just is kind of like you good okay (laughs) (laughs) you're good you're not okay you're going to school you're getting good grades yeah you're interested in this okay let's Oh, you're yeah. not interested in that anymore? No big deal. Yeah. You'll find something else. Like, it's really, it's uh, very strange to see how people are uh, influenced by their parents. And, you know, I have three stepkids, but I've been their dad for over 10 years. And they've, they don't see their biological dad. And so, like, when they, they they met him, like, he was there for, like, the first, like, three, four years. Of the, like, the, the youngest doesn't even know him at all. But he came to town a couple years ago, and they were sitting down with him, and they're like, who is this fucking weirdo? <laughs> and they're like, what, what? He's just trying to, like, connect with us. Bill is our dad. Like, it was the first time that, like, it sunk <laughs> into them. They're like, oh, we had a dad for 10 years. It's Bill. Bill's our dad. Like, even, like, me and, like, their mom are together. I still see him almost every day. Like, I drive him to school. They're on spring break this week, so they're down in Columbus. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm a big part of their life to this day. They depend on me. We text all the time. Like, like I, I, I love their dad. those kids. Yeah. I'm their dad. So, cool. uh, can you send them to our show in Columbus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, so when going uh, through all that stuff and like seeing the way that my upbringing at the beginning of me being a parent was seeping into their life. And I'm like, oh, I got to. That's not them. That's me. Like, I think I'm yeah. trying to correct them on these things when that is not on them. That's me perpetuating stuff that I learned from my parents onto them where I'm trying to not guide them, but just mold them. Yeah. And that's not okay. Yep. Yeah. I remember the big thing. I have a, my oldest is 24 and the big thing when she was little, <clears throat> I was uh, very involved in the church at that point was uh, uh, James Dobson. I think it was, uh, it was a doctor uh, breaking your child's will. It was the strong willed child was the book and the whole thing was break it breaking their will and it's like fucking Christ like thank God I didn't finish the book but the whole premise was just like breaking toddlers down so that they would be these submissive uh, obedient the word obedient the words obedient and modest make the hair on the back of my neck stand up they're two words that just uh, like make me just fill me with rage it's like you're going to ruin this this person's adulthood their ability to find happiness so that you don't have to deal with a three-year-old screaming in a grocery store it's just insane to me. But right. yeah, this was like the thing. It was like, don't spoil them. Don't show them affection because uh, that's spoiling them. You know, they don't always yeah. need, uh, they don't need affection. James is a psychopath. Yeah, that's this really sounds like up. This sounds like uh, Bastard of Bolton on Game of Thrones. He's just like, <laughs> we're going to take your toddler, turn him into reek. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to flay his fingertips and cut his dick off. 
give him the give him, keep giving him the idea of hope of escape and then snatch that away from him and then you'll break him down and you can be able to mold him like putty into the child that you want to have I Thank used to you, talk doctor. in church this condescending uh, thing that we would always laugh at that the pastor would talk about how he's like standing in line at the grocery store and someone's kid was throwing a fit and the pastor would be like, there's a cure for that. Mm-hmm. Talking about hitting uh, the kid and then we would all laugh and be like, ha ha ha, those idiots that don't hit their children. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know the cure for that. <laughs> you know there's a cure for that. You Put know? your shoe in its mouth. Yeah. Luckily, my, my parents weren't uh, physically abused. Like we get spanked a little bit, but it wasn't to a point where I feel like it traumatized us, but it's more just, I, my dad worked all the time and then like when he was around, he seemed scary. So I was just really scared of my dad for a yeah, lot of Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Absolutely, I feel that. Just, I remember like having to like wake him up to tell him bad news and being like, fuck. <laughs> like, he's like, not like wake up in the morning. Like, this is uh, in the evening. He's taking a nap because he's just exhausted in between his two jobs. And uh, I was like, I had to like walk upstairs and tell him that uh, Jeremy and I had broken the sliding glass door. Oh, <laughs> and I brought all of my money with me, Bill. I got all of my money. And I was like, Father? Father? Hey, didn't mean to wake you, but uh, here's 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 twenty seven dollars. The sliding glass door shattered. Uh, it was that's... mostly Jeremy's fault, <laughs> but it's too... mostly my money. Yeah. Uh, I'm a I'm a bigger person. <laughs> that's really funny. We wrecked every car. My parents have this driveway that is like an L. And every car, every person in the family has wrecked something in the driveway. My sisters were throwing uh, a softball back and forth to each other through a pop-up and smashed a windshield. I backed out into my dad's car. Uh, my daughter backed out into my stepmom's car. My stepmom drove through the... Uh, the, the door? The door. What? She thought she opened it and then just kept driving and then just, just tore the door off. <laughs> I, I uh, We had a U-shaped driveway and then we had a barn in the back. We had like 10 acres and my dad would run Ooh. his business out of our like barn in the back. Like He'd park all his trucks there, but then he had one that he was parking up in the, the front because he was getting ready to sell it. And he was getting it all cleaned up. It's like a Chevy Silverado Uh-oh. and uh, I, I, was, I had just gotten my license and it was a gravel driveway. So I would like to, one of the things I like to do is I'd come screaming from the barn and then I'd take the turn real hard and like fishtail and then go and park the car on the driveway. Uh, and Tight. so one time I did that, <laughs> lost control, completely uh, sideswiped his Chevy that he's trying to sell. So I wrecked two trucks <laughs> at once. And this is the first week I had my license. Oh, my gosh. Oh, kids should not be allowed to drive. No, it's ridiculous. I was great at it. Sorry you guys were so bad. Uh, Well, you were just so careful. I was. was very, very careful. After the glass door incident. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I came home from my mission, and I felt like uh, my parents were super proud. I felt like I did it for quote unquote the right reasons uh like i was i was going because i believed it was true and i that's what you know motivated me throughout but uh 
I can understand why so many people do it for their parents because it was a great feeling. It was really good to feel like I was the perfect son and uh, I had returned with honor. I was excelling spiritually and like I got then I got accepted to BYU and then I got engaged and my parents were happy and married in the temple and everyone's happy. And I like as just only recently had to tell them. And I think that it gets easier the older you get. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it definitely does. But uh, it's still, I feel so, I feel bad for them. Like they've got this plaque of me on their wall when I went on my mission, you know, such a source of pride. And even like when I try to talk to my dad about it recently, uh, I like they, they love me. They love me, but they uh, are saddened by my choices. You know, and, uh, yeah, mine, like, mine are too, but I'm saddened by their choices too. That now that I realized it, like, I'm very sad that my dad doesn't believe in global warming, like, he, he doesn't believe in climate change, and so that makes me sad. He, 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 he is such a smart guy in so many areas, but then he subscribes to these other ludicrous ideas that just taint who he is to me, and it's kind of a bummer, but that's why, like, I have to compartmentalize who he is. He's a good dad. He's a good grandpa. He's a provider. Uh, but I don't talk politics with him because he's a fucking idiot when it comes to that's that That's so shit. funny that, that that your dad views the restoration of the priesthood the same way that you view global warming. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, he's like, Bill, this is a fact. Yeah, it happened, right? <laughs> Bill, uh, there are lots of articles about it, Bill. <laughs> and uh, it's crazy to me that you won't believe it. Right. And that's, uh, yeah, that's that's basically how he is. And then my mom... Uh, she's real spiritual with the church. Like it, it helped her. She had more of a broken home growing up. So the spirituality of the church and just like having morals got her away from a lot of the trauma that she suffered. So her belief in the church is a little more pure to me, not just trying to be right. Like she, she's got more of a desire to just be in a nice safe place and that's what she gets from it so i understand her a little bit more than my dad because he he was just brought up in it and wanted to be the best son to his dad were both of your parents raised in places that weren't super mormon yeah yeah they're both raised in northeast ohio okay all right so my dad was in uh like right around here in cleveland and my mom was she moved around a little bit she was in like new york and then uh then northeast ohio most of the time do you guys ever go to the Kirtland Temple? Oh, yeah. A bunch I, of times. I went once for a youth conference trip when I was like 14. I was a freshman in high school. We got to take a trip to Kirtland to see to see the temple. Uh, how did, did you, uh, I've got, We've got a friend who's been on the podcast before, and he's talked to me about this theory that uh, everyone saw like angels and burning and stuff because they were on psychedelics uh, in the <laughs> woods in Kirtland. Uh, I don't know, you having been there, do you feel, do you feel the spirit at all or anything in Kirtland? No, it was just uncomfortable because it's like a really old building that's not air conditioned. <laughs> so it's either like really cold or hot. really warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, and I never, and like I, I've heard all those stories and I've heard them in, you know, different variations. I remember the them place. taking us and sitting us down in all the pews and yeah. telling us these stories. Yeah. And they're like, imagine this place filled with fire. Yeah. The, the spirit of God, like a fire is burning and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And uh, I remember being like awestruck. Yeah. See, whenever I hear stuff like that, I always thought it was like more 
symbolism that I'm like, I, they don't, they didn't see this. Like I was real <laughs> skeptical. I was like, they, they didn't see this. They, they, they were just that, or I just tune out because I'd heard the story so many times that I, I was just like, cause we went to Kirtland all like that was, that was our, almost like your, every year. That's where we went for youth mm-hmm. conference. And so we'd be up there and I'd just be like, Oh, this shit again. Like it just got really old to me. Uh, yeah. Though my, my Boy Scouts went to Fort McHenry every single year, every single year, and I uh, I loved it every single time. <laughs> I was oh, like, man. "Wow!" I hated Boy but that, Scouts. But that all that uh, like really happened. So that's the that's the difference there. Yeah. But uh, I uh, I met uh, Osiris at the Kirtland Temple. Oh yeah, yeah. There's uh, just some girl that was like in my stake. There's like the first like cute girl oh, that nice. uh, I talked to, but uh, then like Jess loves the name. Osiris. Osiris. Uh, he met yeah. a, uh, a girl named Osiris the same summer that I had a near-death experience on meth and came back and believed myself to be Osiris. Oh. There's yeah. like this whole, there's this whole mythology of, yeah. what's the, is Isis the Yeah, the I was looking name? for Isis. So I was like, uh, we have all these weird parallels in our lives. And so I was like, what were you doing this summer of 01? Because I was Osiris looking for Isis. And he was like, uh. Uh, I was looking for I Osiris. I met yeah. Osiris. I met Osiris, but she was, I don't remember what country she's from, but she spoke Spanish. And uh, so she, I remember having her say her name uh, 18 times to me. Uh, uh, she would say like, uh, she would pronounce that Osiris. And I kept saying like Mercedes. Hmm. And she was like, Osiris. And I was like, Mercedes. Osiris. <laughs> Mercedes. Like just that over and over again. This is, uh, I imagine how it, you and your girlfriends in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of like Pams. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I'll be honest. I don't remember their names. <laughs> oh, no. They weren't, uh, we weren't oh. that close. Like, oh, dang it. Uh, All right, where can people find you? Uh, at Bill Squire on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at the Bill Squire on Facebook, and then I do uh, a radio show every day in Cleveland from two to six. Uh, we are, it's called the Alan Cox Show. I'm the co-host, and uh, it's a it's a lot of fun. So we do a live stream on YouTube that happens during the show, and then it stays up. And uh, if you just need something to turn on on iHeartRadio or whatever, we're we're the good. Alan Cox show. The, the Alan Cox show. We we podcast it all and everything. So that and then I have a bunch of albums out on like Spotify and iTunes and stuff like that. I got four different albums out. So look him up. He opened for us last night. He's very funny. Thank you. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome. You're I had welcome. I had one track that just like for some reason just like blew up a couple weeks ago oh, on yeah. Pandora. Like it got like all of a sudden it's got like twenty thousand streams. And I'm like, well, that's cool. So that's oh. neat. What's the track? It's called Q Tips. <laughs> and, it's a, and I just make jokes about the back of a box of Q-tips and how they show you all the different ways you can use them. And I make jokes about the different pictures. That's just silly, silly dumb shit. Con- controversial yeah. stuff. That's oh. actually how I open it. I, like I, like it, I do that bit right after I do a bit about uh, gun control. And I go, I've talked about some controversial stuff and let's keep it going. Q-tips. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, well, Bill, I think you are fascinating and delightful. Thank you. Thanks I, for having us in your cool studio so to record this today. I think everybody should try to follow or listen to Bill Squire. And, uh, yeah, uh, we will catch you guys next time on Mormon and the Method. If you put a Mormon and a Method together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just a read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Mormon and the Method. Mormon and the Method.
Podcast Network.